You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast them so you don't have to because we were told we're not allowed to play that fun looking game from that movie deer hunter my name is kevin and i'm joined as always by my co-host benedict an actual earthen vessel sanctified by almighty god benedict yeah what's something you realized that you probably should have known already but didn't okay so I have a weird one for this, and it is the the exact definition of the word. Let's not pretend you didn't tell me before we started the yeah, show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, Kevin, for once, didn't spring this on me, and I was like, hmm, I don't know. Should it well, be that I was... Like, I was... You're not going to have one on the fly for this question. Yeah, i got to no, give you a, a couple minutes at least. The It's the exact definition of the word chichi, which is just a fantastic <laughs> word. Um, which ha- spelled how? How is that C-H-I-C-H-I. spelled? C-H-I-C-H-I. Okay, that's what I thought, but yeah. okay, I guess... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and oh, I, I mean, I've already told you the definition, so I'm not going to make you guess again. <laughs> but it is a perfect word for me yes, because it is. it is attempting stylish elegance but achieving only an over-elaborate pretentiousness, which I think we can all agree <laughs> is the opposite of my personality. Okay, but if, if we're in the international spelling bee, I got to ask the question: what, yeah. What's the the origin? What's the word origin? That's a good question. I actually Where the don't. Fuck know. does Let's that come see. from? Let's see. Uh, it comes or are from... you looking it up in the Urban Dictionary? No, no, no. It's uh, <laughs> no. There's uh, there's also a vulgar slang version, which is a breast. Yes. So okay, um, good. Yeah. No, it's uh, it apparently comes from French, which makes sense because you know. Of, uh, it sounds very French. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Okay, so apparently maybe maybe it might be pronounced shishi. Lago is very shishi, like yes, like sheep, but not so really. You are know? Yes. So anyway, that's that's my hot take. Is the not hot take? That's not my no, hot take. No, no, you're getting ahead not. of yourself here. I am. Yeah. No, I've uh, I've got boundless energy bouncing off the walls today. <laughs> um, I've had this is my third cup of tea of the day, and I'm like, Whoa. oh damn, somebody slow that man down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, what's uh, what's your thing that you realize that you should have known already? Mine benedict uh i've mentioned a couple times on the show i own a peloton because mm. i'm better than you uh and uh so i i use that to, to stay in shape. <laughs> sorry I'm... you own a peloton because you are shishi <laughs> i hey i'm down 25 fucking pounds Good since i you. moved to this goddamn city uh so that's doing pretty well if i don't say so myself mm-hmm. but uh they do you know they have like the the class rides right which are, are great you know sure. music music selected by the the whoever is running it or whatever and i do those but also sometimes like uh, either i don't have time for one like you know usually they're 30 minutes and maybe i only have like 10 minutes 20 minutes or something mm-hmm. um and also sometimes just like um i'm listening to a podcast i want to just not put on my headphones and keep listening to this while i ride on the bike 
so they have like these uh, video rides where it's mm-hmm. just like going through a certain location. Yeah, I've done those. I've done those on a treadmill. Yeah, not a Peloton yeah. one, but I've done. Oh them. no, they're, they're all all exercise machines have those yeah, sort yeah. of things where it's you know, and you got to like imagine, you're running like, along the beach or whatever. Exactly, right? yeah, yeah. and so like there are companies that do these things that just have a camera that they roll out and record as they go down whatever path the the client wants for this this device that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did one recently. That was in Australia. Okay. Um, and I don't remember which. Did city. a kangaroo just jump out at you I'm in a, the middle of the? No, no, it did not. It was uh, it was along the the coast, uh-huh. a nice beautiful oceanside city. I I don't know anything about cities in Australia, despite I the fact that they we are have all multiple, on the coast. We have multiple Australian listeners who Hi, are everyone. very active and interact with us on, on a regular basis, so I should know more. But I don't know. I'm gonna pick one at, re- well, at maybe, random. Let's maybe say uh, they, Canberra. Canberra, Canberra. I think is the only one that is the only one that's landlocked awesome (laughs) but that's what it was and i'm going on this ride and i'm noticing what blew my mind it's australia where they drive on the wrong side of the road Mm. they also use the bike path on the wrong side of the road because this was recording of a bike path that we were going down and there are people passing you know the camera rig get eye whatever it is and you know just going back and shaking their head fucking assholes you know just just disappointed that they're doing this shit to their community um but yeah i realized at that moment they uh they use the wrong side of the road even further you're you're using wrong very liberally here i'm using wrong correctly (laughs) i'm using wrong correctly and they are thousands of miles away and can't come fight me so that's how i know i'm secure you have managed or send some of the many dangerous creatures of their continent after me (laughs) You have managed to pick the one city that people have heard of. <laughs> Did I? In, yeah, literally. Melbourne, Adelaide, <laughs> Sydney, Brisbane, and Perth are all on the coast. Canberra might, is not on the coast. It might have been Adelaide. I don't remember. I have to go back and check. It doesn't matter. Anyways, Benedict. <laughs> That's fair. You probably know, but the listener might not. <laughs> Somehow I managed on the one landlocked yeah. city. <laughs> yep. Uh, what exactly it is we do here on this program. And to those people who are wondering that question, I would say, well, you should have read the description of the podcast before you clicked. I don't know who does that sort of thing. But this is, of course, the show where we go deep, some might say deep, 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 to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from a work of conservative nonfiction, and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. And Bent, of course, this is the latter of those two types of week today. Well, why don't we start things off? Do you have a hot take for us this week? Yeah, I do. Okay, um, nice pause. I, well, I actually, I, I have Timing. to, but you're going to hate. about yeah. time. I have, a pause I have to... can have as much emphasis as speaking. That's true. If you use um, it in the right place. Okay, thank you for the Christopher Walken impression, I guess. Um, I, I have two, and the first is that I was right about cake. Um, second, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you so hard. I'm going to no, I'm going to I'm going to give you my wife's review, which I'm sticking to. Um, and she said because I was playing this while we were both working from home one day and uh, she said, and I quote, that man cannot sing, but those are some funky, fresh beats. And that is exactly that's exactly what we're going with. I, Look, I, I never music. claimed that John McRae had the greatest singing voice in the world. That's, that's the lead true. singer of Cake. Uh, maybe it's the fact that I share a lot of vocal tones and range with mm. him. In that, that helps you me also can't sing. And enjoy a lot. I can sing just very much like the lead singer of Cake. Uh, mm. But <laughs> Yeah, nobody said you have to sing well Matt, to be described as singing. No, but you know what? I'll, I'll make the argument again. Uh, I never said he was a great singer. I said the band is great. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I would argue that his voice works with Cake and what they were doing. Yeah, but imagine if the band was the same and they just had a better singer. Uh, but they wouldn't have the lyrics that, that he wrote. They wouldn't have his lyrics. They wouldn't have his vibe. It wouldn't yeah, be the same if, thing. What if, again, they had better lyrics? Some great lyrics, man. Those are some great lyrics. All right. Some sure. good stuff. Okay. All right. Um, so that's one. And then my other one, because you're always mad at me that I don't come up with these in advance, and I came up yes. with both of these in advance. Oh, so you're going to so burn two and I'm one we can have none when we go yep. to record next week's exactly. episode. Exactly. That is true. Um, so the other one is that I think Formula One is overrated, and I just watched a very excited I, Formula I, One I, race. I agree. I yeah. agree. that for I agree that all racing is overrated. I don't. I used to be back in my right wing shitbag phase. I was into NASCAR. I, I meant I was, to say I, overra- I meant to say underrated. Sorry. Oh, uh, underrated. No, 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 no. Well, I, I'm yeah, on the other side yeah, of the no, fence okay, from you, fine. pal. Yeah, no, I I know. I meant to say underrated. I, I got too excited. Uh, I just I watched a very exciting Formula One race in uh, in Saudi Arabia. Also, Lewis Hamilton wore a rainbow helmet at the race in Saudi Arabia, cool. which is cool. Good for cool. him. We like and that. they explained it away by saying it was that bread company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably. No, but that's cool. I mean, like he, you know. He, he's he's good at supporting these kind of causes. Yeah. So, I mean, look, as someone who was a mechanic, as I often bring up for, for multiple years of my life, and, mm-hmm. and who, like I said, was into NASCAR at one point, I think Formula One is far better than watching NASCAR. because yep, that is true. But at some point, it is just the same thing for hundreds of laps. I just, you know... Well... Yeah, maybe it's it's very much like I, I I get that there are people who are maybe a little older than you and I who at some point in their life need something to do on a Sunday afternoon while before, reclining before the football comes on while reclining in a semi nap state on the couch yes and maybe that can be it for some people I'm just not quite into it it's not exactly my that's thing that's fine I think like it has everything that NASCAR thinks it does but doesn't so yeah. Uh, sure, absolutely. I'm down with that. It's it's certainly better than NASCAR. Although cool. I will say, if you're going to an event, either way, Formula One, NASCAR, whatever, like you're you're gonna have a good time. It's one of those things. Like it yeah, exists sit because going drink, to it, like... sitting in the stands and watching that and the the roar of the engines going past. That's that's a great thing to to experience firsthand, which I I have done as well. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not against racing, just, nah, I'm not going to devote a whole bunch of time that's to fine. it. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. Um, okay, so what's your hot take? My hot take this week, Benedict, we need to normalize doing things alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, I've, is this because you don't have any friends in the city that you live in? I didn't say I don't have any friends. <laughs> is that what you meant, They're co-workers, though? and okay. they count. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did move here not knowing a single person in this city, mm-hmm. so, you know, and we've had COVID this entire time, and... I don't trust anyone in this state to actually be vaccinated or, you know, care about not infecting other people. So I haven't exactly gone out of my way to try and meet a bunch of people. That seems uh, But, you know, I mentioned to you, I went to see Patton Oswalt last night mm-hmm. uh, here in St. Louis. By the way, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life of anything, concert, stand up, anything. It was just one of the best. That man is a comedy genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never stop singing the praises of Patton Oswalt till the day I die. And uh, I'm excited for when his new uh, special comes out in, I don't know, maybe a year or two. <laughs> you all will get to see the jokes that I just saw last night um, in their more fully developed form. So that'll be great. But, you know, I went alone. It was just me. And it was that thing where I get there and I'm standing in line alone with groups of people in front and behind me. Every, not No one there. No one is there by themselves. I'm just there alone. And I'm walking into a theater, and the guy who's checking my ticket sort of looks at me and, like, looks to see if the, the woman standing behind me is with me. And it's like, no, it's just me. Here's my ticket. 
check it. You, you can check it. And here's my COVID card. You can check and make sure. And I can go in alone mm-hmm. to this venue with your judgment of the the couple centric society that All we right, live relax. in. Relax. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 I think we've we've maybe gone gone a bit too far. I went in. I went in. I sat down. Yeah, I, right. I watched. I sat down, and I'm surrounded again by people who are there with other people, whether it be couples or groups or whatever, all around me except for Benedict, the only other individual person. In Is the this your meet cute with this alone. new person? Came and sat down right next to me. Yeah, it because was you me took one and this other seat. guy. We were the only two fucking people in this theater to see Pat Oswalt alone. Are you alone. guys dating now? You know what? I should have got his number. I should have <laughs> been like, dude. But you know what? That would have broken the the inherent the understanding that's true. that, that then, was between us. That, that's the, that, that we are not here. Couple we are not yeah, here exactly. to conform to society's norms. Okay. We are here to be individuals in public. As we are wont to do, and I will mm-hmm. do the same repeatedly when I go to restaurants alone, when I go to the grocery store alone, when I do everything in my life alone and love it. That's that's how I will live up to okay. uh, this this promise. I you know, made absolutely of, of normalizing do you. This activity. That's fine. I'm going do to. You. I promise okay. you. I'm going to. Benedict. Right. Yep. Why don't we move on a little bit? A little yep. bit of housekeeping, like of course. Idea. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter. Uh, I just have two little updates this week. One, Benedict, actually I sort of spoiled in our opening this week, is uh, Maddie Cawthorn. Mm. I feel like we can't make this show about following all the stupid things that he says because we would just be a 24-hour live yeah, stream. Yeah, we can't. It's, we would become... Of the yeah. microphones I've hidden in his office. But, you know... Obviously, his recent comment on the floor of the House of Representatives about earthen vessels and sanctifying um, is a horrifying sign of the times that we live in, where that sort of stupid is, I mean, that's that's what they want. That's, that's yeah. just what they want. No, it's not great. Uh, can, you, not. can you can can you you expand? Because I, I think anyone that's not Twitter well, if centric, you, if you maybe didn't, didn't see, see it, it, sure. Yeah, if you didn't see it, uh, Madison Cawthorn, of course, uh, if you haven't noticed, um, the Republican Party, by which I mean the Supreme Court of the United States, is trying to uh, strip away women's rights and uh, you know their ability to control what happens to their bodies right now. Uh, so Maddie C., he's been tweeting it out there, uh, get rid of abortion, whatever the fuck dumb shit he says. And then he went to the floor of the House of Representatives which we've seen him do several times because we're addicted to those videos, mm-hmm. um, and gave a stupid speech where he called women earthen vessels sanctified by almighty God. And I don't remember the rest of the quote, but something about uh, bearing children. To have children, babies. To yeah, have basically children. Was right. The... right. It's just your run-of-the-mill uh, Christian nationalism. I mean, it's nothing we're not used to yeah. at all. Of course, coming from Maddie, it's probably also a bit of white nationalism going on there because he, he means white white children white mm-hmm. earthen vessels because you know that's what he's into um yeah it was really gross and i you know i just gotta be like you know th- i've talked about how dumb he is and it is a if you just look at the statement it's a dumb statement because earthen vessels makes no sense in that context they're not made of he, clay <laughs> no he's just heard vessels before and he's heard earthen used in the same context referring to like clay pots and so he put that together in his mind or when he was writing Unless that he stupid thinks speech. Maybe, maybe he's going back to like Greek mythology maybe, where he's like, oh, women were fashioned from, mud. from clay. And, I, I think know. in the Bible, didn't somebody jizz into some mud? Isn't there some of that going <laughs> on there? <laughs> that sounds like right. 
Uh, but yeah, that was really weird. That was really dumb. Uh, I don't think we need to worry about a whole bunch. But you know, I'm keeping eyes on all the people we talked about in the past because you know I'm I'm interested in what new stupid they're up to. But Benedict, there's also one more update this week, and this is less of an update than fun little tidbit I came across in another place, which relates to things that we've talked about on this show. Benedict, you ever heard of a New Hampshire Republican lawmaker named Stella Tremblay? I have not. And no. That is not uh, a character developed by, um, I don't know why I'm blanking. Nailed on that name. joke. Absolutely yeah. crushed it. Good one. Yep, let's move on. I don't on. know why I'm blanking on the actor who played Ethan Tremblay in the movie about getting to where uh, Bradley Cooper's wife was having a child. Uh, anyways, that doesn't matter. Um, Stella Tremblay was a member of the New Hampshire, uh, uh, I don't know what they call their thing. I don't. I don't remember what their legislature is called. You're really nailing this segment. I am. I am suffering right now. <laughs> but uh, I think it, it, you know all legislatures. You know, the House or uh, Virginia. It's the House of Delegates. I don't remember what New Hampshire calls theirs. Is all I'm getting at right now. But in 2013, Benedict, which is also the last time she was a member of the New Hampshire legislature, mm-hmm. um, she had a little bit of a breakdown following the Boston bombing. Uh, and she spent out some uh, some messages uh, on the Facebook, as you do if you're a radical right-wing extremist boomer uh, who wants to put some craziness out there online. And she wrote a message to one of our buddies, Glenn Beck. And that oh, message cool. said, quote, Just as you said would happen, top down, bottom up. Up is, of course, uppercase, both letters. No sh- oh, we love the top-down, bottom-up Top-down, bottom-up. I'm all about that. the top-down, bottom-up. But she continues, The Boston Marathon was a black ops terrorist attack. Oh, yeah. One suspect killed. The other will be two before they even have a chance to speak. Drones and now terrorist, in quotes, attacks by our own government. Sad day, but a wake-up, also in scare quotes for some reason, to all of us. First, there was a suspect, in scare quotes, then there wasn't. Next sentence, Benedict begins. Infowars broke the story, oh, and good. they knew they had been found out. Didn't Tucker Carlson just, uh, you know, sidebar here? Did yes, he say yes, this week yes, that Alex did. Jones has been closer to the truth than most yes, journalists? Yeah, yes, he did, Benedict. Um, and you know, cool. there there are other podcasts out there that cover Tucker Carlson on a regular basis. I don't want to step on any of their toes. Um, and also podcasts, of course, that cover uh, Infowars. I feel like Glenn Beck's still firmly within our territory. Okay, I'm just uh, asking. That, that's how I feel justified uh, in bringing that in there. Uh, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. Tucker Carlson, um, yeah, I'm just saying why we aren't tuck- covering like Tucker Carlson um, specifically. Because, again, Despite we would never stop recording. I tried to get you to watch that documentary. Um, we would but never yeah, stop recording. Yeah. Also, did you relevant. see the leaks this week that he is like besties with Hunter Biden back in 2014? Yeah, and there's some Biden speculation that that's unreliable because it comes basically from a lot of the same sources that were sowing disinfo. Gotcha. Um, it's, there's some, it's unclear as to whether or not that's real or not about the uh, the college admission thing. So I don't want to go out and say that, yeah, it's great and it's funny. If it's if it's true, uh, yeah, it's just more of the incest behind the scenes that we know happens everywhere. Yeah, but, it's polit- you know. political theater, as always. Absolutely. But, Benedict, I do like that little story because we're tying to be- together multiple characters mm-hmm. here, right? Glenn Beck, tied to InfoWars, you brought up, obviously tied to Tucker Carlson, uh, and, uh, you know... The obvious, I, I always use in my mind and, and when I'm talking to people, my like uh, my go to, my heuristic for something that's completely unreliable and just batshit on its face, obvious, is Alex Jones. 
Um, and that's, I mean, going back to 2013, we have Alex Jones tied to Glenn Beck by one of Glenn Beck's fans mm-hmm. who was a legislator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just tying that. It was 2013 after he had already left Fox News. We see the top-down, bottom-up stuff. Obviously, I don't know if it continued or if she just was a huge fan of the anti-Soros um, bit that we went over. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened there, but I thought it was fun. Wanted to go over it. Also, Benedict, before we get into it this week, we have one new addition to the Spooky... Actually, not a new addition, just a re-addition, mm. because you can be a member of the Spooky New World Order week over week. Uh, but Brent Lee on Twitter, at Brent Lee TV on Twitter. Of course, Benedict, you even noticed when this happened, and yeah. we, and because... You, you barely pay attention to our Twitter, but you said, this is so cool, because Brent Lee tweeted out that we were one of his top podcasts that of the cool. year. I have to agree, that was really cool. So, Brent, once again, you are a member of our... New World Spooky World Order. Thank you so very much. Anyways, Ben, today, as I said before, uh, and as uh, I think we mentioned last week, what we're going over on today's program is the of what we started two weeks ago, talking about Ludwig von Mises, as they mm-hmm. say, and von Mies, as I say, because fuck this guy. He's a goddamn fascist. I don't care how we pronounce his name. Uh, but I don't think being a fascist means we can just pronounce your name and You know what, Benedict? I'm going to stand on a hard line. I'm going to say, if you're a fascist, I can pronounce your name however I like. Hitler. So fuck them. Yeah, fuck I, them I look all. forward to our show about <laughs> the <laughs> Irish dictator Moose Olini. <laughs> Benito, right? Benito, yeah. Um, also, oh, it just occurred to me what I was thinking of when you were talking about Tucker Carlson. What I thought you were going to bring up was the fact that he uh, and other people were sort of spreading the uh, or dipping their toe into the uh, conspiracy that the fascists who marched in uh, D.C. yesterday oh, yeah, yeah, were actually yeah. Antifa plants, right? That sort of stuff. Uh, I don't think I don't know if it was Tucker. I'm thinking maybe I'm just mixing with somebody else. Uh, but other people online were certainly uh, doing the whole false flag bullshit that is sure, exactly the same as that fucking Boston bombing conspiracy that Alex Jones did. Anyways, Bennett, today we are talking about fascism. Wait, I mean the von Mises Institute. Wait, I mean fascism. Um, von Mises Institute. Oh, they just named it after I sort him? Of, you know, it came in last in week. In the same way that the John Birch uh, was never actually was like, yeah, involving <laughs> Ludwig von Mises ever because he died back in the 1970s and it wasn't founded until the 80s. Yes, they just named it after the guy. Yes, yes, basically the same thing. It's trying to tie themselves to something that they, for whatever reason I cannot comprehend, think Gives them an air ah. of legitimacy, right? Because for you and I to look at Von Mises, we go, "Oh, it's a fucking Alex Jones." Um, for them, they go, "Oh, Von Mies. That name sounds fancy. What a chichi!" Um, so, it was founded in 1982 by Lou Rockwell, Murray Rothbard, and Burton Blumert. Um, and I gotta see right off the front, like. Part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is really just mainly an excuse to talk about two of those dum-dums. Uh, Lou Rockwell and Murray Rothbard in, in particular. Burton Blummert, um, he was just like a rich guy who sold gold. Oh, how surprising. We ran into more paleo-conservative crypto-fascists who are really interested in gold sales. Who would have thought such a thing could have happened? And the Mon Mises Institute is really had to describe it. It's just um, a bunch of dumb what is dumbs a, what is together a think tank trying to if pretend they're a think a tank, blog, but really just running a blog. I mean, if you look at their website, the majority of it is it's just a blog. 
it's it's just a blog. Sure. Well, you know, I would say that there are there are more academic ways that think tanks offer. They issue reports, for example. They have reports. Um, they they do actual conferences and they engage in these sort of intellectual uh, discussions that are out there and that, that bring these things to to the public. Mm. Um, I do not. Mises I'm not do, interested. I mean, they have events. They have up. If you're interested in any of their upcoming events, Benedict, they have a Mises meetup in Tampa, Florida, on February nineteenth. No. You're not interested in that one? That doesn't sound like the oh, funnest fun. thing. Um, you could also, if you were interested, actually, I think it actually just passed. I think we missed it. It might have been last week. They had an event with Ron Paul. Ron Paul was there. You could have gone and seen uh, another crypto fascist who ran for president. But uh, none of that matters. None of that matters better. The Vodemese Institute, um, as I said, founded by much. those guys I mentioned before. Um, yeah, yeah. Just to start off with one of them, Benedict, Lou Rockwell. What do you know about Lou Rockwell? Well, you've heard mm-hmm. the name, I assume, right? Well, Benedict, in 1984, Ron Paul left Congress mm, for the okay. first time and set up a company named Ron Paul and Associates with his wife, his daughter, and his former congressional chief of staff, Lou Rockwell. Ron Paul and Associates seems to mm. be, you know, your fairly standard average right-wing grift okay. of bilking far-right crypto-fascists out of money through various, you know, bullshit you sell online. So they to them. In invented the Substack is what you're telling me? It was me? mainly newsletters. This was the 80s, to be fair. Apparently that was still a thing. You know, they sold books and stuff as well. Interesting. I am saying, well, I will say, going back to what I always go to, like Alex Jones, early on in his career, one of the earliest things he sold was a magazine. It was uh, Infowars magazine, and he also sold um, tapes, like cassette tapes of these quote-unquote documentaries that he would do. Um, So that's, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, (laughs) preaching to the choir, but the choir needs to pay for the pre- Oh, that's not any different than preaching, I just realized. The, the choir does need to pay for oh. you to preach at them. Um, forget that I said that. But the uh, newsletters in question were called Sounds the Ron right. Paul Investment Honestly. Letter, the Ron Paul Survival <laughs> Report, and the Ron Paul Political Like, here's how to report. wrestle a bear. I, I wanted to dig more into what the Ron Paul Survival Report was, but I just didn't have time this morning. Yeah, I just didn't have a ton of time. I, I like to imagine it's just like weirdo survivalist bullshit. Damn. Here's how to drink your own pee. Uh, I, I really hope it was stuff in like the that. 80s, but reportedly, yeah. course, the, the outfit made close to a million dollars a year a few years after Those it started. Those newsletters so, pretty regularly you know, carried shabby, some incredibly racist, homophobic, and otherwise bigoted content. Cool. Not all that surprising given the audience and, you know, who we know that Ron Paul is. Uh, yep. Including, for example, contained in those newsletters, Benedict, quote, Given the inefficiencies of what DC laughingly calls the criminal justice system, I think we can safely assume that 95% of the black males in the city are semi-criminal or entirely criminal. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, really yeah. good. Thank you, Ron Paul. That, that's that guy you all jokingly pretended you were going to vote for, and some of you actually did vote for because it turns out you can meme your way into a political ideology. <sighs> October 1992, the newsletter contained the phrase, Even in my little town of Lake Jackson, Texas, I've urged everyone in my family to know how to use a gun in self-defense, for the animals are coming. Benedict, those animals he was referring to, they were coming from urban areas. Mm. Urban areas. Oh, those and urban of, animals, yeah. Urban yep, yep. animals. And, of course, it also contained the great quote, Quote, 
Boy, it sure burns me to have a national holiday for that pro-communist philanderer. Benedict, you have a guess? Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, Martin yes. Luther King Jr. It continues, I voted against this outrage time and time again as a congressman. What an infamy that Ronald Reagan approved it. We can thank him for our annual Hate Whitey Day. Oh, Oof. I mean, I mean, John, John McCain voted against it too, right? So it wasn't like it wasn't exactly a fringe position on the. No, right. a good number of Republicans voted against it, and you know, to be fair, and I hate to say to be fair about Ron Paul because there's no reason to do anything but shit on the man endlessly. Um, he was a crypto fascist associated with the John Birch Society, who also we know very much opposed civil rights, mm-hmm. and Martin Luther King as well, and they all. The, I don't know why I said to be fair at the beginning of that. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, but he was influenced point, by other fascist peoples. So, I think the I thought mean, I had when I was going to say to be fair was we know that from our readings and our looking into the John Birch Society and all that stuff, that the the what they always go back to with it to try and avoid the obvious racism that underlies everything they say and do is, oh, it's because civil rights was a commie plot. Yeah. Right. They try and, and cover it up with that sort of bullshit. There's also, there was one that talked about how, uh, you know, gays should just stay in the closet. We were better off when we forced them all to hide. Uh, of course, there was HIV denial, a denial that the HIV virus causes AIDS, um, which is a, a long-running trend with a lot of these people. There's a lot of HIV denialists among all these right-wing fringe weird wackos. <laughs> virus denial amongst fringe wackos? Yeah. Fucking yeah. A doctor. Shock. A doctor, nonetheless. A man Ron who's Paul supposed to. too? Yes. Did you not uh, know Ron Paul no, is a, a I knew medical Rand doctor? Paul. I knew Ron Paul was. No, Ron Paul is a medical doctor, apparently. Um, okay. I, I always tend to, when we hear about these people, I tend to assume it was easier to become one back when, you know, in the 60s, we had science, but did we really have science? You know, it might have been a little easier back then. Yeah, who knows? He also, on another newsletter, just another one for no reason why, um, he suggested that black activists who wanted to rename New York City in honor of MLK should instead name it, quote, Welfaria, Zooville, Rape Town, Dirtburg, or Lazyopolis. Uh, Some it's of good, the suggestions. Good, good when people try and understand the people from the place yeah. where they're not from. Yeah, I love that. Do you realize that's what we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Benedict, um, of course, you know, we all heard about this in during the 2012-2013 cycle. And it was revealed, or, you know, supposed, that Ron Paul didn't himself actually write each individual newsletter. They were unsigned, and they were written in the first person from Paul's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about the my little town of Texas. That's Sorry, I thought we were talking about the Von Mises Institute. Yes, Benedict, give me a moment. Okay. Um, according to people who worked for the company uh, and hacked information released by, released by the hacktivist group Anonymous and other reporting, uh, he was heavily involved and approved all of those newsletters before they went out. Mm-hmm. What was also uncovered by a lot of people on the inside finally coming out and saying, oh, yeah, God, we've been wanting to talk about this for a while, was that Lou Rockwell, his chief of staff, and then one of the members of the Ron Paul and Associates group, was the ghostwriter for a great deal of those racist newsletters. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Bringing it back around, Benedict. Gotcha. So some has speculated, based on the hacked emails I talked about from Anonymous and other sources, as well as people who just know all these weirdos, that... The support for conspiracy theories, the horrible racism, and all this were an active strategy by Rockwell and Murray Rothbard to create 
uh, what they thought could be a new paleoconservative movement of sort of easily controllable lunatics. And mm-hmm. I tend to agree with that being a successful strategy because we've seen how it's turned it's out. Fucking walking, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Dave Weigel, I, we talked about Dave Weigel a couple of weeks ago, Yeah, we ago did. Too. I can't remember why. He he actually, I think it was one of my questions for you or something. Oh, journalist. Uh, yeah, yeah, journalist. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dave Weigel is actually one of the people who broke the story on this back in 2008 in Reason Magazine. Okay. And I think it's funny. A lot of us seem to forget, probably because Dave hides his personal politics really well. Yeah, he's, he's a libertarian. A libertarian dink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just found that to be really funny because if you just listen to the guy talk, he never brings up libertarianism. He's as close well, as you get he to somebody who's just a good journalist. Like, the, his, right. his, his right. topics of interest are like left movements generally or have been. So. Yeah, but he's he's a very fair uh, version of a right-wing libertarian who covers a lot of stuff. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. You don't see that very often. No. Anyways, Benedict, so Lou Rockwell... He's one of the individuals involved uh, with starting the Von Mies Institute, along with Murray Rothbard. Mm-hmm. And Rothbard, uh, you know, we, we sort of... Have you ever heard of Murray Rothbard? Yeah. Yeah, he's someone that you hear thrown around by know-nothings from time to time who want to sound like they have something interest, interesting to say. They do. Um, he, along with Rockwell, identified as an anarcho-capitalist. Mm-hmm. They basically want to destroy the government. They don't, they don't try and hide that, really. Uh, Rothbard himself basically just spent his whole life talking shit on anyone he could think of to make himself stand out in some way, despite his really pathetic attempt at having any sort of academic career or writing well. Uh, <laughs> he's just not very good at anything. And, like, for example, one of the things he did during his life, he, he would talk shit on Adam Smith. Mm. He talked about Adam Smith, who you would imagine, based on everything we know and all all the libertarians we've talked about, they fucking deify oh, Adam yeah. Smith. They fuck because they don't under they don't really understand the guy. They don't they don't know what he was talking about. They just know ah capitalism. Adam Smith makes sense. But he called Adam Smith a shameless plagiarist oh, who set e- economics off track, ultimately leading to the rise of Marxism. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I have to assume Ad- Adam it's just Smith, sort of that the father being... of Marxism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he was also you know so we've talked a little bit about what this sort of field of economics is, if you even want to call it that. And I would argue that it's not actually a field of economics. It's just, it's a group of polemicists arguing. That's all it really is. Um, But, you know, uh, according to uh, one of the people in the field, uh, an Austrian economist, Hans Hermann Hoop, eschewing, eschewing the scientific method and empiricism is what distinguishes the Misean approach from all other current economic schools, end quote, which, uh, you know, point out that that's unscientific and incredibly dogmatic and very stupid to do because then you're just arguing which is all they really do they're they're really dumb i've been reading all morning all the shit that is written on their website and people making these supposed and they you know they don't even call themselves austrian on uh, the von mies website they so they say miesian mm. they they argue that they are miesian because they're so into this because they want to distance themselves from the austrian fascism that it was bred under yeah, I, th- I think maybe. I think. Although they're with Mies, who was an Austrian fascist. Well, you know. Come on. Yeah. He is the Austrian fascist. We're ah, god damn it! It doesn't. It it makes me angry. Uh, but so, like I said, they want to destroy the government, and as you would expect from Murray Rothbard, he held the sort of views you would expect. 
Uh, he was hostile to the civil rights movement, women's suffrage. Of course, he argued to repeal the Civil Rights Act, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. uh, he suggested opposition to Martin Luther King as a litmus test for paleoconservatives in his movement. Okay. So, in other words, he would not accept you unless you were opposed to Martin Luther King sure, Jr. why not? Thing only good people do. Yeah. Um, and the weirdest thing about him, Benedict, um, he's a Jewish Holocaust denier. Mm. Okay. Yeah, is... there's not very many of those not out great. there. Not a ton of those out there. Uh, he was a World War II historical revisionist who played around with Holocaust deniers and endorsed their views. Mm -hmm. uh, he endorsed and was a champion of literal Holocaust denier Harry Elmer Barnes. This is a man who denied the existence of death camps and criticized West Germany for apologizing for the Holocaust on multiple occasions. Cool. That's one of Murray Rothbard's bodies. Yep. Really, really weird and gross. But this paleo-libertarianism thing, this radicalism, I really tend to think, based on, on what I've read, that it was embraced on purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we look at the sort of people who follow this school of thought, and we look at libertarians in general, which, you know, we're sort of going to be getting to in coming weeks and months, I think that the plan that I had was to sort of start here and move into, you know, we're moving into some libertarian areas. You know, we've had Glenn Beck, but he's not a real libertarian. He's just a bullshit artist. Uh, we're getting now into some people who are actual libertarians. You know, the people at the Von Mies Institute, they're horrible, horrible fucking people. Mm -hmm. But they are consistent sometimes on what they actually believe and say based on the bullshit li paleo-libertarian uh, nonsense that they actually believe. So, but then you look at the people... You know, the, the masses below them, mm -hmm. below those who are writing on the Von Mies Institute website, the people who show up at a Ron Paul rally versus the Ron Paul and the people who walk onto stage with Ron Paul. That's the sort of environment that we're talking about. The people in the crowd at the Ron Paul rally are wearing Infowars mm. shirts. You, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, and Ron Paul himself regularly goes on Infowars with Alex Jones. Uh, he doesn't care about credibility because no. he probably knows he has none. Or, or uh, to be even fairer, I think Ron Paul actually believes the nonsense bullshit that he says. I think Ron Paul is actually Again, just a Do you think that's fairer? I mean, I don't know. I actually don't Honestly, know. I, I didn't realize he was still alive. Like <laughs> He is! Isn't that nuts yeah. that fucking Ron Paul is still alive? This dude should be dead by now. He should be killed by one of his crazy fucking nutso followers like Selena. This is nonsense. They have more guns than Selena's fans. Uh, she was stabbed. I would like she? to like I to add that we don't actually believe that. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's no, legally... I don't believe it should you happen. Should. No, no, no. Let's retract I, that. Well, I meant should in the sense of you would if think all that things follow their happened. logical paths yeah. of, of the way things work, then that's what should have in that sense happened, right? If A, then B is the mm. sense of should that I am getting okay. at there. But so his sort of paleo-libertarianism um, is very much an attempt at building a right-wing populist movement. And although he died back in the 1990s, we can see how successful that sort of radicalism is. I mean, he was very open about suggesting that uh, David Duke and Joseph McCarthy were models mm -hmm. for the outreach to the people that he wanted to get. Like, um, there's a, a quote I have here in my notes, I think, something where he says something along the lines of that... Uh, uh, ba -ba -ba. There's nothing in the the regime of David Duke, remember, former KKK Grand Wizard and current still fucking racist, 
has not changed his views in any ways. That David Duke, and remember, this was written before 1995 even, when he died, uh, not David Duke, when Rothbard died, that there was nothing in his uh, platform that could not also be embraced by paleoconservatives or paleolibertarians. Lower taxes, dismantling the bureaucracy, slashing the welfare system, attacking affirmative action and racial set-asides, calling for equal rights for all Americans, including whites. Mm, Yeah. That's what Murray Rothbard was into. He also, there's, he talked about the underclass that was looting and oppressing the bulk of the middle and working classes in America. The Great. underclass. So fake, fake populism, then. Given everything we know about him, who do you think that underclass is that he's yeah. talking about? Yeah. That's what, we're, that's what we're dealing with here. So those are the two people I think most associated with, well, definitely, most associated with the Von Mies Institute, and certainly, I think, with a lot of this bran- this branch of right-wing wackadoo weirdo-ism, mm-hmm. if, if that's a thing. Um, and, you know, the, it's not surprising that they're really into this stuff. Uh, Lou Rockwell, he's still alive. Um, he has a website. You can go check it out. It's sort of like another attempt at doing sort of a quasi-drudge thing. It's more of a blog, though. <laughs> they have actual people writing on there. I checked it out today, and I think like six out of the 12 articles on there were uh, vaccine conspiracy theories. Great. We're just, ah, the vaccines are all fake. There's one on there by Joseph Mercola, who's a- uh, Absolute not selling job. Bullshit. Yeah, selling bullshit, I can cure anything nonsense. That's all on He's there. He's also one of the biggest uh, the... misinformation vaccine people out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's right there on the front page of Lou Rockwell's blog today. It's right there. If you go to the Von Mies Institute uh, and you click on their link to their blog, which is the majority of the website, by the way, um, there's some great pieces on there. There's some great stuff. You know, the vast majority having to do with, as we would expect, getting back on the gold standard because they're all fucking obsessed with the gold standard. Every goddamn time. They are all obsessed with it. Like, I have one pulled up right here from uh, November 2nd by Patrick Barron, and it is titled, Sound Money is a Prerequisite to Peace, Prosperity, and Freedom. And Benedict, what do you think he means by sound money? Of course, he means the gold standard. That's what he means. Uh, It's it's all that same sort of shit. Uh, There's one, there's there's some, some really funny attempts at intelligence that are just really dumb in there as well. There's one called, We Should Open Our Own Bank which is based off of It's a Wonderful Life, and it's it's just it, arguing in favor of, oh, we need smaller state banks because that whole federalism thing, we didn't read where Willie Buckley said that it's uh, scope of power, uh, not source of power yep. that we should be worried about. They just didn't care about that part. But it's dumb, but Benedict, of course, as you'd expect, thank God they also have a YouTube page. Okay, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> we always have to end these episodes off with a little bit of something fun. Okay. So, Benedict, there's a couple of idiot videos here. Idiot videos. Uh, the, yeah. That <laughs> was totally an accident. But we're going to start with one, which is an introduction. This is an introduction to a course you can take from the Mies Institute. And it, the course is titled Economics for Beginners. <laughs> okay. And if you go to the website that the link underneath the video takes you to, you find that it is just a web page with links to all their YouTube videos. And the only description it gives is, quote, all you need to know about economics in 30 minutes. And Ben, we are not going to watch 30 minutes of videos. I Thank promise God. you. We yeah. are not doing that. We do not have time for that. These videos are all, thankfully, much shorter. But we're going to start with the introduction to this series that they're trying to, they're trying to get you to go over to their website and start watching the rest of those videos. They're mm-hmm. all 30 minutes in total. So here we go. Economics for beginners. How long is this one? Uh, about three minutes. Okay, let's do it. 
suddenly my eyes were open and I realized that I was the bad guy. <laughs> okay, in that <laughs> accent, I just have to say, in that accent, you probably are. I mean, we've yeah. talked a number of times about the accent does not make you stupid. No. But it accentuates stupid that is coming out of your mouth and makes it sound even nah, dumber than nah, it already nah. is. Let's be, let's, let's be careful about ah, that. Let's come on, no, it does, no, though. No, 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 no. I'm pretty I'm not, sure. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. <laughs> pretty sure Morgan Stringer gave me permission to say this. I'm pretty sure things. she didn't, and she's, <laughs> she's going to be writing to you after this. Anyways. So there's a, a title card that says, How I Discovered the Truth. Okay. Always a good start. And then just. So like, I just started a new business. I just got married. And we're. There's a panning shot of like the worst, most depressing fucking suburban neighborhood of cul de sacs with trees that were just planted a week ago and every house looks identical. Okay. You live in. We're looking for our first house and suddenly the housing market crashed. Uh -huh. I didn't understand why. And I had other questions like if the government has a funding problem, why can't they just print more money to solve okay. it? Okay. Pause it. Or does the pause no, it for didn't. a second. No, you didn't. No, have no. That. You Hold didn't up. have that question. No, shut up. <laughs> First of all, if the housing market crashed as you were looking to buy your first house, isn't that like great? Oh, that'd be the greatest yeah. time for her. Yeah. That would have been the best. And you know what? She probably did make out like a fucking bandit, like yeah. a bunch of wealthy white people in the fucking suburbs did at that time. Yeah. Does the government really need to intervene every time there's a problem? How does it work when they just leave things alone? Nothing that I've been taught in school equipped me to answer these questions. I started talking to my dad, and uh, yeah, he told me something dad. that changed my life, and the that great, was that great font of the money that's in my pocket was only worth anything because people accept it. It wasn't intrinsic. Okay. Yeah. So the oh, money in her pocket duh. is only worth something because yeah. people accept it. But, Benedict, there's another component there, which is that the government has the power to mandate that people must accept yeah. that money as legal tender. Yeah, but also, <laughs> yeah, obviously... Like, what do you think money is? Yeah, that's what it is. It's what it is. I, you know, and also it's one of those things, Benedict. Something you probably should have known already, that but is didn't. I think absolutely. if I had asked her that question. <laughs> absolutely. Intrinsically valuable. Yeah. And I'm sorry, hold on. One things... second. Pause it again. You mean this piece of cotton or paper or whatever money's made of <laughs> isn't worth a hundred dollars with which i can buy half a cow like no that like, no it's not whoa, whoa 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 benedict benedict we have inflation in this country half a cow is now costing 75 oh shit but who's to say why <laughs> what if people just don't take my yeah these are things that i never even thought about before i was googling some of these questions and saw mises.org oh, where i found a book called economics in one lesson this totally cleared up so many questions that I had about our government and our monetary system. Benedict, I have this book now. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't had the time to look through it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's dumb. The little bit I did skipping through it, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. It seems right. I learned about sound money and how to look at current events through the principles. By the way, sound money in Von Mies language means gold standard. Yeah, that's, of course it that, does. It, it all goes back to gold standard. Liberty. I became fascinated about the ideas of economic freedom. I began to devour everything I could from yes. Hazlitt to Mises to Hayek. I attended Liberty events and met like-minded people where we had all kinds of great discussions. And I started to see things differently. Suddenly I realized that I had been the bad guy. 
The way I voted in the past actually violated other people's rights and my um, moral principles. Yes! Let's talk about yes, uh, violating other people's <laughs> rights with your vote. Let's talk about that, lady. By the way, Benedict, I guarantee goddamn you this woman voted for Donald fucking Trump. Oh, yeah. This woman, I, you know, I bet if I spend enough time going through the video of January 6th, she's right there outside of the fucking speaker's chamber. That's what these people are. And, and to be fair, I, I have to keep doing that. The people at the, the people who work at the Von Mies Institute, plenty of them dislike Donald Trump. Yeah, as this they woman. Should. Is just someone who's doing who found them online and read some of their shit and now is a fan. She's not. She she doesn't have that strong, you know, uh, uh, deeply ingrained ideology where she. No, I guarantee, goddamn, to you, this woman was into Donald Trump, and she's sitting here talking about oh, the way I voted in the past violated other people's mm. rights. Sure, man. That's, so we don't need to watch much more of that. Uh, that it just continues like that. I found this course and I went to vonmises.com and you can go watch for thirty minutes and learn basically nothing. Like we're about to Benedict because we have a couple of video options here. As I always like to do, I like to give you the chance to choose your own method of torture mm. because I find that to be more fair. So Benedict, we have five videos here. Oh God! They are. I'll give you the title this time. The okay. title. They're all about three minutes long. Okay. Uh, one is titled, What is Economics? One is, What is Money? The next is, What is Socialism? Mm. The fourth, What is Cronyism? Mm. And the fifth, What is Progressivism? Okay, which, how many were you doing? Uh, until you tell me we're done. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I want to do, read me them again. What is economics? What is money? What is socialism? What is cronyism? And what is progressivism? I think I want to do money and progressivism. All right. You want These to find out what mo- Benedict, you know what fucking money is. You know what they're going to say okay. money is. All right. Let's do socialism. You already know what Let's, they're going to okay. say money right. is. I thought it might be something different. Let's do socialism no. and progressivism. Uh, to be fair, the one that is what is money, the first you know minute or two of it is like, Oh, money, you know, it's things people use to exchange, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes hard into the the only real money and what we should really have is the gold standard. Okay, like, let's do socialism yeah, and progressivism then. All right, what is socialism, Benedict? Here we are. What is socialism? Economics studies human action. Using economics, we can Hold understand on. how social... Pause it. Yes, Benedict, <laughs> I will point out... The little image that you can't see here, but which is what I'm looking at, is like a classroom, and there are charts on. Which, by the way, I should point out once again, um, these people don't believe in that sort of economics. They believe in a bunch of old white guys sitting in a room arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. That's their version of economics, not charts. But what yeah, were also, you upset about? E- economics uh, is the study of human action. No, mm-hmm. that's not right. Well, on some level, I yeah. mean, in the sense that everything is the study it's, of look, human action, sort of, ultimately. It's the sort of sentence that is written in the introduction to an economics textbook. That you will absolutely, I'm sure, see that in like the inter, you know, that couple of pages that nobody reads. They just go to the first reading assignment in chapter one. It is it's absolutely not the study of human action. Sure. Social systems create different results based on how they allocate resources. With a market economy, 
Production is guided by enterprises seeking profit and innovation. That's not with guiding. cronyism, that... government influences market outcomes with intervention. That's just capitalism. A command economy <laughs> rejects markets entirely in favor of central planning. Mm -hmm. This is socialism. Okay, so they, Under socialism, socialism central planners uh -huh. control what is made, who makes it, and who benefits. Yeah. Well, so that's you know, true. I mean, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. No, for, for it's socialism. not wrong. If we lived in a world where, like I say, the word socialism has no more One meaning very anymore. literal Be meaning, yeah. Because everyone disagrees on what it means and various people think it, think yeah. it means different things. The theoretically, that is a definition of socialism. Yes, sure. It's it's the one we got from Glenn Beck, basically, well, right? Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a correct definition of a centrally planned economy, at least on yes, some level. Yes, sure. Whether you think that that's what socialism means is a different sure. matter. It's not what a kid in the, stre the streets of no. Portland uh thinks it's it's not it's not someone who's out there angry because you know fascists are marking marching through berkeley uh when i was out there it's not what they think it's it's something that well some of those maybe but you know you get what i'm getting at here mm -hmm. while markets reward those who best serve customers socialists promise that everyone's needs are taken care of equally instead of individuals choosing what goods and services they prefer to spend their money on they are provided only with what goods and services the central place because this is so low rent and so mm. cheaply made, it's just like a little cartoon of a guy in a suit handing someone wearing glasses a banana. <laughs> <laughs> you had some, uh, you had some Pat nozzle inflection there. I think he's rubbed yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You know how much I love Patton. Planners have chosen for them. Some people may reject the central plan. The result is that socialist countries tend to be politically authoritarian. Oh, cool. The economic okay, consequences fine. of yeah, central planning yeah, are just really as bad. Just snowball of For example, um, yeah, this is literally, I, this we, is literally we zoomed me right to drink. through the lead up. Kevin, this has driven <laughs> me to drink. Profits reward and encourage innovation and efficiency. If you are the first to create a new product or find a cheaper way to provide a service, the individual who risks capital is financially rewarded. Pets.com. Yeah, I mean, pets.com, sure. but also that, I mean, that, that takes out like people just spunking money up the wall because like their, sure. their, their mate has a coffee shop idea and they're like, sure, right. anyone could run a coffee shop. Right. Like, but uh, you know, that whole thing, it, it goes back to their, their belief in this mythical world in which all these things exist. Absent and where it's, other, it's an absolute other equal race and it's not just a boys club of like who yes. gets money and who doesn't. Yeah. Because there are plenty of people who have had the first idea for a thing. Sometimes that yeah. idea all the is time. a pile of shit. Literally, Sometimes, Nikola Tesla had a bunch yeah. of his shit stolen because Edison was like, yeah, fuck also, that, I'm doing it my way. some of his ideas were total piles of shit and a bunch of people now think that they were goddamn magic because people don't understand how goddamn electricity works. Also, a lot of people uh, think of ideas that are uh, fundamentally dangerous and will get people yes. killed and that's when you need the government to be like hey uh, no don't please come on I just really get annoyed at the people who are like Tesla had planned to send free electricity everywhere man we could have had that now but the government shut it down or you know name whoever your boogeyman is shut it down no that's not how goddamn electricity works yes it just that's pisses correct. me off no just... I know I get that under socialism, there is no incentive to innovate because the rewards go back to the planners. Central planners also operate based only on their own knowledge, which is always less than the collective knowledge of society. What? That, yes, right? It goes back to another thing that is wrong about how they view how anything works. They view collective knowledge as something that everyone has access to and can tap into. Yeah. Based on, I think, the context 
of the way that they're presenting this. Yeah. Although somehow the central planners don't have access to that collective knowledge. Despite well, living in a collectivist society. <laughs> I think more accurately the way that they would try and argue it is that the collective knowledge of society operates as a machine. And the outputs of the collective brain or whatever it is that society is ends up with you paying X amount of dollars to go see Patton Oswalt last night yep. because that's what the market has decided. That whole bullshit argument we always get back into, which always, you know, ignores everything, every bit of reality, <laughs> right? The, 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 the reality of fee is and everything, like. Right, the stub fucking StubHub ticket fee. And also, that there, I could have paid less to be a micro monopoly on all of these things anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's just dumb. Think of the difference between a published encyclopedia, which is static and quickly becomes dated, and a decentralized alternative, like Wikipedia, which is constantly evolving and growing. And quite often full of blatantly false information put in there by people who want to push a particular viewpoint. Yeah. That's impossible to regulate because it's so big. Right, and, and that's not to say... Well, I love say, Oh, well, you know, we, the, the old encyclopedias, they put stuff in there all the time that wasn't true, but I'll go, here's a version from 1970 which talked about communism and said bad stuff or talked about blah, blah, blah. Here's one that says Reagan did a thing that he absolutely did, but I want to deny because I don't think that Iran-Contra was a real big deal, and I want to pretend as though it didn't really well, actually happen. It was happen. a real big deal, the, by the way. <laughs> what, whatever the fucking bullshit is, somebody's going to come back with that argument, but... Joe Blow on his laptop can't go to the encyclopedia and put, the you know, uh, Ronald Reagan had a 12-inch cock, right? That's just, you can't do that. I'm not sure you can do Markets that on Wikipedia. Markets also... I don't know if they have, like, sensors that, that like, automatic, automatically catch no, that stuff. I, I mean, Who they knows? definitely have, like, locked articles that only approved people can edit, like, very sure. sensitive articles. Sure, Yeah. Create a unique piece of knowledge. Prices. Since many resources such as steel, have a variety of different end uses. Prices signal way, whether the use of a specific resource satisfies the top priority uh, of the community. This Should a factory produce hammers <laughs> or nails? In a market economy, prices indicate when there is a greater need for one product over another. Nope. In a command nope. economy, nope. government blindly makes that decision. Without economic calculation enabled by prices, like, really... a complex economy becomes impossible. Also, again, it, it goes back to ignoring all the, you know, pretending that that price decided on by the market reflects what's needed at any given time, ignores all of the reality surrounding how that actually comes out, right? Yeah. What it really is is companies deciding, oh, we can make this much off of selling the product for this much, mm -hmm. and then we have to, we're, you know, how much we're paying to the people in the middle who ship and transport, blah, 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 and, you know, Amazon gets their cut. Yep. It's all that sort of shit. Pretending that there is um, this sort of outdated notion, I think, that goes back to people back when we did have a society that was m closer to barter mm -hmm. or when you could haggle with the shop owner um, and that sort of thing was going on rather than just I look on my phone and I click to buy or not. Um, I think that's, that's just a dumb way to look at the world. Yep. The socialist goal of redistribution of wealth makes the basic mistake of not understanding how wealth is created. An economic system that does not reward innovation, saving, and production will see the quality of life for everyone decline. We've heard that before, too, from Glenn mm -hmm. Beck, about not rewarding, saving. And I think a lot of this, when we hear about these, these groups of people talk about saving a lot, they really mean buying gold bullion. Yep. <laughs> That's always been my suspicion, because there's always a gold seller behind always. all this shit. Every time. 
always, and as I said, one of the guys who founded this was a fucking gold salesman. Sure. They always fucking are every goddamn time. All right, let's uh, let's do progressivism now. This one's boring. All right, let's go to the next video. What is progressive? And this will be our last one. Uh, we probably won't make it all this way all the way through this one. Okay. Later, as we we seem to never do, but here we go. What is progressivism, Benedict? What is progressivism? Economics is what is called a value-free science, meaning that it answers questions without any consideration for politics or ideology. A good economist can explain the benefits of free markets or the consequences of socialism, okay. not because of Hold any on. political bias, but... Uh, can explain the benefits and of or consequences of other thing. That seems like you've inserted a political bias onto this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say that they're even attempting to be apolitical, right? No, the, no. The way but I would differentiate... You would, I mean, no, you, you the, are the... saying one thing good, other thing bad, so... Yes, absolutely. And I would say what sets these people apart, what sets apart the Von Mies Institute or you know, even the Cato Institute or other groups like this from people like Glenn Beck or like Tucker Carlson who will claim they're libertarian is that these guys never do that bullshit thing that uh, Glenn Beck does or that Tucker Carlson does, which is say, I'm in the middle. I don't really have a side. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for what's right here. They benefit from that ideology because they pretend to be a legitimate third way through people looking for that, for people saying, oh, look, you know, the left's full of shit, the right's full of shit. Maybe this libertarian thing works. Mm -hmm. They benefit from that, but they're not actively out there doing it so much. They will just actively go with their criticisms of the things they don't like, which very much easily betrays what they're about. And I, I think they're, they're more honest in that way than someone like Glenn Beck is. Yep. But because of how human beings respond to a world with scarce resources. Often, however, when we discuss economics, we do so within the context of politics, such as during an election period, or how a tax increase may impact the local economy. Mm -hmm. Some call themselves progressives, implying that their political and economic views are modern or forward looking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is the implication. Yeah. Generally, I'd but say. What, I mean, what's this really got to do with economics and or, like, nothing, really, right? Like, so many of these videos, I feel like they didn't have enough to yeah. say to do a full video, but they're like, we got to hit that mark. We said we were going to do 30 yep. minutes. We got to stretch it out to 30 fucking Let's minutes. Throughout American history, progressives have claimed to promote an economic system that is a third way between capitalism and socialism. They advocate an economy recognized. I would say that's what libert well libertarians sort of claim that space. I mean, it's a dumb argument to make. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I can't think of anyone who's there are you know those third way people. Yeah, you but see that, from that, time that's to time. not what she means. No, no, I don't think so. She's th she thinks of a different spectrum. Yeah. I think than other people think. Well, because Bill Clinton, you wouldn't argue like that. That third way is not the third way that she's talking about. She's talking no, about no. democratic socialism. Right, which, I, I don't know. It's a dumb argument. Yep. Regulated by experts, rather than by politicians or free markets. There is, however, nothing progressive about this. <laughs> this system of government has the same problem as cronyism. Uh -huh. The mistaken belief that government can do better than the market system. So again, it all goes back to the market's yeah. the only thing yeah, that works. And, 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 and no... don't ask me to prove that, because I just argue it, and that's sufficient. Yeah, free markets don't exist right now, so... No, they don't, and they never have, no. and they never no, will! Because they can't. The, 
Well, and that that's the thing is we hear this before. We've heard them from people like this. We hear it from others. It's it's the old, you know, oh, we heard it in the greatest rap of all time, mm-hmm. right? All your followers say that it's never really been tried, right? That was one of the lines that came from the Vaughn, I think it was, yeah, the Vaughn Meese. Uh, that was yeah. one of his lines in the rap. Um, it's the same thing here, but it, it actually does apply. And I would say it applies to both sides. It applies to communists. It also applies to libertarian, you know, paleoconservative free marketists. That's never been tried either. And the reason is... Theory is not fully applicable. The- theory cannot be fully applied theory to real life. Theory doesn't survive the rubber hitting the road. It just doesn't. No, it absolutely does not. So in both cases, neither one of them has ever fully been tried. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Markets work by coordinating the supply and demand of resources and products all around the world. Because of prices, entrepreneurs, businessmen, and consumers are able to calculate the best way to achieve their desired end. Also, I mean, libertarian market theory is just dumb. It's, it's so also it just shouldn't be tried. Should point that out. Progressives do not trust individuals to make these decisions on their own. Instead... No, because they buy a fucking slap chop. Yeah. That's... <laughs> if we left them to their own devices, Benedict, they would buy fucking slap chops. Mm-hmm. Or bagel slicers. God damn it, the fucking bagel slicer. They want markets and prices regulated by so-called experts whose influence comes from universities or politics, oh, not from producers creating goods or services that people want evil. and can use. It's universities, where, it's where the influence comes from. That's what it the is. The insider the Universities, because you know how we all go to college and we just believe what the professors we had told Always. us to believe. That's that's how it works. That's, that's how all this works. It's not like you actually engage in study when you're at a university. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I didn't go to a state school like some people. Maybe that's what happened there. It's rude. <laughs> I'm rude. A basic mistake the progressives make is the belief that enough specialized education can empower individuals with better knowledge than the market can give. In this way, they justify increasing political and legislative power to grab more control over that our was society. About control. This oh, is dangerous. People obsess over Economically, control. whether or not this government intervention is the product of simple political corruption or sold as regulation by experts is irrelevant. The result is the same. The market also, system is manipulated by the coercive now. power of government Jesus for Christ. political ends, not for the benefit of actual consumers. This doesn't provide a third way. This is the elevator music. It is, yeah. That crypto fascist fucked. Okay, I'm bored. This is... ne- let's wrap it up. <laughs> well, Benedict, um, I hope you've seen that there's a lot of fun to be had with right-wing crypto fascists who pretend that yeah. there's more to their ideology Surely. than that. Um, yeah, it's it's been weird. It's been a lot of weird. And as I sort of mentioned, uh, one of my hopes is that we're going to get more into, and I shouldn't say hopes, one of my plans um, is that we dip our toes deeper into sort of the libertarian pool in the coming weeks and months. And I think I have some plans to do that, looking at some particular groups and some particular figures uh, and things that they've done and said. So I'm excited for all that because I think very much, especially now, 2021, you know, sadly, as much as I would hope it hasn't, this sort of bullshit, non-ideology nonsense is more relevant than it's ever been. People want to be able to reactionarily not think and just yell out a slogan or a preconceived notion and roll off of that. That's what they look for. And this is set up for that exactly. Oh, yeah. So this is the, the perfect ideology for our times. And it has thrived. Libertarianism, so yeah. We're going to be looking in libertarianism and all the sort of related doctrines and yeah. 
I, I, you know, we're gonna be looking into it, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But anyways, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Dave Rubin trying to argue on a Reason podcast this week that uh, <laughs> Trump Trump was a libertarian. Oh God damn it! Yep. How dare you, sir? I know. Here's the besmirching the good name of libertarians. Like, I didn't listen to that, but did anyone fucking push back? On oh him yeah, they did. It was such a, they fucking did, obvious they bullshit. Did. It was like he yeah. didn't want any immigration and was a protectionist. Yeah. you're a fucking idiot. Like I have to give. Did. I have to, and that's. The, it's one of the things I have to be fair to some of these groups, and Reason Magazine is one of them. They are sincere, stupid libertarians. They are sincere about it. They are not yeah, fucking like bullshit at least artists, it's an actual ideology. Like, like you're not just... at least say what you will about the doctrines of national socialism. <laughs> at least well, it's an, that's an actual not ideology. What I, said, so. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyways, Benedict, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, and if you want more of the patron-only book review that we've been doing, and you got a chapter from not that long ago, you can go over and become a patron for as little as two dollars an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show early release of our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glaurung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson, and George Soros. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, please dispose of all used spider webbing in the appropriate receptacle. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.